Crimson Tower Studios. Welcome to the Old World Podcast, the unofficial podcast for Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay and the original podcast to bring you both discussion and actual play in 4th edition. I'm one of your hosts, Lance, and this is a bonus episode. We are going to talk about Gen Con today, and the whole gang is here. So let's just go around the horn. Hello, I am Matt. I'm Steve. This is Kyle. And Janet. Awesome. So that's a whole Old World Podcast crew. Guys, the uh, gang's all here. The gang is all here. In one place. For the first time in, I don't know, t- two years? Over two years, correct? Quite a while. With no glass in between us. And Weird. we are coming yeah. to you live from Indianapolis, Indiana. In the United States of America. In the year 2022. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, jeez, First up, by the way, we don't have a script. We are just, this is a bonus episode. We're going to talk about our Gen Con experience. We will start off by just kind of going over some general stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about some cool stuff we heard from Cubicle 7 today about some of their lines, but obviously we'll some be... big announcements. Big announcements. We'll be focusing on some of the Woofrup stuff um, specifically, but then we're going to talk about just kind of our whole Gen Con experience, just some of the people we met along the way. So we hope well, uh, this encourages you to come to Gen Con, because I'll be the first to start up and say Gen Con is awesome and you should come. Well, for the listeners maybe who aren't familiar... Matt, what is Gen Con? So Gen Con is a gaming convention, again, that takes place in Indianapolis, Indiana. It is in massive. In the United States. I, yes, <laughs> that is, it's true. Also on planet Earth. Yes. In case we have yes. listeners In the soul Jupiter. system. Yes. <laughs> so it, it uh, is a gigantic gaming convention. It covers role-playing games, board games. There's panels you can go to. There's... Gaming sessions, there's cosplay. fun activities, cosplay, yep. seminars. And when and when he says massive to our listeners, I want you to understand the scale of this thing. It takes up a whole professional American football field, mm-hmm. a whole convention center, multiple floors, multiple, you know. Hotels. Yes. Oh, yeah. H- hotels. Three hotels. hotels. More, no, way more than three hotels. Yeah, like, it's like six multiple. or nine yeah. Yeah, like yeah. that are just connected. Yeah. yeah, and that's to have rooms for the seminars, for the role-playing games, for the other events. And it is, it's really, it's a spectacle, to be honest. It's something that is almost like a, a rite of passage for gamers to come here and experience it. And you, you, get, to, you get to buy all the newest things. New games are released. Promos. Yeah, pro- uh, promotional stuff. Talk to the people that actually created the game. Yeah, exactly. Yep. yep. And and we're we're excited this year because uh, you know, old worlders, if you've heard our previous Gen Con episodes, it's been Steve, Matt, and I. Well, this year Janet and Kyle joined us. We're so finally cool enough for an invite. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> finally. Well, uh, why to don't be we... fair, I think when the pandemic hit, I mean, we we haven't been to Gen Con for two years. Definitely. Which, yeah, that's yep. true. Uh it was really interesting though, I will say when we walked back in there, it it felt like we hadn't missed a day. It was like it was yeah. it was very eerily comforting. It felt like we were home in a way yeah. in a way that I wasn't anticipating. Yeah. It felt the same. Uh, just so many vendors and just artwork. It, it's just, I could go on and on. It's a huge place. And I, I think I think you, everything. I think you picked up the anticipation and the relief to finally get back to like a sense of normalcy mm-hmm. with yeah. the energy. I mean, you know, it was very rare to encounter a negative person. Everybody seems so happy and you know, hey, great outfit. Hey, thanks. Hey, nice shirt. You too. You know, like everybody was so nice. And I think just 
overall the the atmosphere was fantastic. Yeah. I so agree. Janet, you haven't spoken much. What, what, this was your first Gen Con too. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it was incredible getting to the main exhibition floor hall space uh, where all the vendors were at was one of my favorite parts. Just seeing different artists and authors and game designers sitting there and having the opportunity to share their work and see people take joy in that is always a pleasure to me. And got to try out a bunch of new and exciting like demos of games, which I uh, can be looking forward to as they get published and things like that. So it was overall just incredible. I cannot say enough good things about meeting the guys from Cubicle 7. I would spend an entire day at their booth if I didn't think it was weird. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they would probably start to think it was a little weird, too. They'd be like, please, Janet, go away. She's not affiliated with us. (laughs) We've contacted security. (laughs) Technically, we could talk to them for a long time, but they're working, so it's like there starts to get like a throng around us, and, uh, you know. Yeah, I don't want to take up all their space and time, but... uh, just an incredible experience all around. Nothing but positive things to say about the people that we encountered. One other thing that was huge for this Gen Con, all of you listeners likely are aware of our amazing patron, the Lord of the Underdeep. Yes. Nolan. We met him face to face in person for the first time. And it was like seeing an old friend again. We just hit it off and we, it felt, uh, it felt great to and, and to meet him and other other fans. I, I, I gotta say tall. that I, I legitimately thought he was as tall as Lynn. Like I'm sitting here thinking <laughs> this dude is is as tall as I think my elf is in my mind. I was riding behind him in the escalator and I felt like a dwarf. It was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's well, another thing that's really fascinating. We'll talk some more about the individual experiences that we had, yep. uh, the specific ones. But we on the second day. We were playing a game in one of the. We talked about how how huge this oh, yeah, whole yeah. space is. Well, we're playing an Avatar: The Last Airbender role playing game in the JW Marriott, which is a hotel that is two hotels and two skywalks away from the main convention hall. And we send a message to Nolan saying, "Hey, we got to meet up after we're playing an Avatar game." And he responds and says, "Well, I'm playing an Avatar game." <laughs> and we're like, "Oh, well, where? What? You know, are you at the convention hall? Where are you at?" He's like, "Oh, I'm at the Marriott, the JW Marriott, uh, sitting at a purple table." And we're like, "Well, we're at the JW Marriott at a purple table." <laughs> and no joke, without any previous knowledge whatsoever, we look over and like two tables away, he waves to us, and uh, that was really—it's crazy to think, think how vast it is, but how small at the same time. Think, think about the odds. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You know, there's like what twenty or thirty thousand people that come to Gen Con every year. Oh, at least, uh, yeah. yeah. I was gonna so say, hundreds. I feel like that's a, on the low end, probably. Yeah. So that was that was really neat. All right, so let's talk about let's talk a little bit about some of our. I mean, we talked a little bit of just kind of about the general. I think I don't know about you guys. Let's let's go around and just talk about a couple of key moments that we really enjoyed about this year. Something that really stood out to you. So Matt, I can see your face. There's like. There's one that is so clear. I mean, I, I, honestly, again, meeting meeting Nolan in person was absolutely incredible. But he, even he would agree that what I'm about to say is more important. Actually, he probably wouldn't. But <laughs> so, listeners, I may have spoken about this before. Actually, I'm sure I did. Anybody who's been with us since episode zero will remember me talking about 
the game HeroScape. Oh, yeah. And how important that was for me in a lot of ways. It was a game that I played with my brother and my family and my friends when it was released, what, almost two decades ago. And it was also one of the, the first date that I ever had with my lovely wife. I invited her over, and I was like, hey, we're going to play this game called HeroScape. Knowing that, like, it was a coin flip, right? She'd be like, <laughs> this game is legit, or like, what are you? I'm never I'm seeing never, this man I'm again. Never, like, what did I get myself into? Help me, please. So, luckily for me, it was the former, and she loved the game. Fell in love with the game much quicker, as it turns out. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's fine. I, I would, too. I don't fault I had a, that. I had a late <laughs> So, anyways, the, the game system at the time was still going strong. They were releasing content for it. This was back in 2008. Well, things happened, and the game died in 2012. They stopped making everything for it. But there's been a core group of people that are, have been excited about it and have been talking about it. And have been promoting it ever since. In fact, each year at Gen Con, at, uh, over at Lucas Oil Stadium, you can see events set up, tournaments where people are playing HeroScape. Uh, I guess I should say it's, uh, it's a very rules-light like miniatures game where you build the terrain. You have these figures that have different powers and things. You, you move around, attack each other. There's scenarios. Anyways, the first day that we got here, I guess it was the day before, on Wednesday... They made an announcement, just a short teaser, it's like 15 seconds long, that just said HeroScape, Age of Annihilation, and it was the official announcement that they're bringing HeroScape back, which was super exciting. I mean, that was, that was the announcement I've been waiting years to hear. And when we walked into the hall, the very first thing we did, we walked in, and this was not planned at all. We walked right by the Avalon Hill booth, which is the company that's putting it back out. We got to speak with the some of the designers the creative minds behind bringing it back they they told me exactly what i needed to hear and what i was hoping and that is that all of the new content is going to be backwards compatible the terrain will will match up the all the new stuff is going to be balanced the same way so you can mix and match with the old stuff seamlessly which is absolutely incredible the only difference is the original heroescape material was the miniatures were all pre-painted, which was really nice. And honestly, even at the time, seemed like a like almost surprising because that's I mean, pre-painted anything is expensive. Is expensive, yeah. right? Well, one thing they mentioned is that having materials like that pre-painted back in two thousand six was a lot cheaper than having it pre-painted now. Mm-hmm. So, the new products that are coming out will not be pre-painted. But the models are much, much higher detailed. And you can see that just from the little display they had. So all in all, hearing that HeroScape is coming back, I I just... It's been, a, like I said, it's been such an important game for me. I, my Growing up, my mom and dad always would buy us board games for Christmas every year. And it wasn't like, close your eyes and grab one off the shelf. My mom like researched it. She looked into games. She bought my brother HeroQuest back in the early 90s. She bought multiple other games that really kind of stood the test of time and HeroScape was one of them. So between that, between playing it with uh, my wife, my, one of my best friends had a bachelor party and he said, Hey man, the only thing I want to do is have a giant HeroScape battle. And we did. And it, we played for like, I don't know, the same game for like eight or nine hours. We awesome. finished it at like four thirty in the morning and 
So it's just exciting as heck to have that come back. That was my big Gen Con uh, moment. Gen Con moment. Yeah. yeah. So what about you, Steve? Uh, honestly, I, I didn't have like a single moment. Moment. It was nice to see that Hero Quest is, is back out. Yeah. Uh, with the expansions, um, I just had a lot of great moments, jokes. Uh, got <laughs> to see these five for all together for the first time. You know, in a long time. I like to browse, so just browsing through all the artwork, the yeah. you know, the seeing the artists there, um, all of the new games out. There, there was one lady that was actually painting. Yeah, you, I don't know if you saw that. She was sitting there painting. And yeah, and while. she was holding a boombox in between her yeah. chin and her and her shoulder <laughs> while doing it. Like yep. the talent is insane. <laughs> seeing Cubicle Seven, just interactions with their team. It was just a wonderful experience uh, playing Avatar. We had a GM that was just mm. amazing. Yeah, uh, so that was a fun experience. My and main man it Ross. Was, it was if so you're listening, much... shout out Ross. Don't ever, don't ever stop, buddy. Oh, yeah, Ross keep, Scott. Keep those voices. Don't ever apologize for them. They're amazing. Yeah, um, but it was just such a different gameplay from what what we're used to. It was nice to try something. Yeah. a happy else. go lucky <laughs> yeah. fun environment that Nothing's is forgiving or die or just you know it, w- it was cool so we'll, we'll talk about some specific moments that happened in that maybe in a little <laughs> bit but it, it was it was a blast and ross was absolutely incredible gm um i do like going to i guess the auction room uh it's nice to go through all this you know find what treasures that the consignment the yeah. consignment yep. store too i did pick up some magic cards so that was cool uh but all in all had a great time um, lots of little great experiences. Nothing super big stuck out, but just everything was just a blast. Yeah, uh, I'll jump in next. Yeah, I think I think the main moment for me, and it's going to sound you know cliche or whatever, but it was meeting the guys, the whole team from Cubicle Seven. Yeah. Talked with them, you know, on on the podcast before, and asked them questions, and you know, heard their voices for so long, and and finally being able to put put a face to their name and then also having now them being able to put my face to my name um you know because over discord there's so many things you know but finally being able to uh to meet them um you know it's weird you know when you talk to somebody for multiple times and you feel like you have a relationship with somebody and then it's like oh hey hey you know finally yeah meeting you know Nolan was really cool i I mean, there's one moment that, um, you know, that uh, comes to mind, but uh, what, what happens at Gen Con stays at Gen Con. Um, <laughs> yep. But yeah, I mean, it was, I think the biggest surprise for me was the sheer size of this thing. Yeah, um, because yes. when you when you see the map and you see, you know, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, professional, American professional football you're like, yeah, that's big. Uh, the convention center, that's big. But then when you see it, and it's a maze of corridors that you can get lost in, and you know. Uh, and it, when it, he it, says lost, he really means uh, that Kyle and I hit nine thousand steps, walking around in circles, trying yeah. to find the rest of the crew. Yeah, yeah. So, these hallways are long. We yeah. really did. The get only lost. two people that answer their phones <laughs> on a consistent basis were together. <laughs> So, shocker, we couldn't find the rest of the group. True story. Um, yeah, but the cosplay, like, I mean, like I said, I feel like I'm saying everything, but yeah, that's, that's really what it was, is that, you know, there wasn't a uh, really a bad time at all. It was, everybody's happy, everybody's yes. helping each other out. 
people courteous. And, yeah. 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 Courteous. And yeah. Everyone's having a blast because they're all there for their own yeah. like, interests and you know yeah. what, what they're into. Yeah. It's you know the um, it's it's like when you go to a amusement park, you know, and it's right. like everybody's there because they all love the same thing. Like, what do you have to be crabby about? Yeah. You know, you're spending, exactly. you know, you've planned this trip for months and finally you get to do it. And I think, you know, it's it's awesome seeing people from literally all over the world True. at one place yeah. celebrating the same thing. Um, you know, I think I think the world needs more of that. So that was great. Yeah, I am going to agree with everything that's been said so far. All of the vendors and the artwork and the cosplay, all of that was incredible. Um, to piggyback off of Kyle, meeting the team and the crew at Cubicle 7 was a really big deal for me. Uh, if you guys, whoever's listening right now, generally only listens to the discussion podcasts, uh, you don't know me <laughs> because I skip out on these nearly all the time. Getting to know the different people involved at Cubicle 7 is not something that was a priority for me in the past. And so uh, listening to the podcast episodes where um, the rest of the guys uh, kind of interviewed them and talked with them about upcoming projects was really fun. And then getting to put names um, and faces together was beautiful. Plus, so many of them aren't from the United States, and I love a good accent. So it was delightful <laughs> just to listen to them talk. I enjoyed that thoroughly. They are blushing on their airplanes listening to this right now. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> but they were so friendly and welcoming and uh, uh, really encouraging to make this community bigger and invite and um, just engage with new people. So that was really fun for me, I think. Um, Avatar is for sure a standout for me. And this is Avatar the Legends. Last, Legends, the last airbender. Air Correct. Not for, the last airbender, because yeah. <laughs> there was another airbender. Because there was another airbender. <laughs> Steve. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It yeah. was so good. Warhammer is uh, so special in that uh, you get to enjoy being on the brink of death every second of every day. Uh, you don't know if you're going to be mutated because your GM is throwing, you know, some no, not negativity our GM. your no. way. <laughs> like, oh, let me, let me slip you some corruption so that you can be a tiny bit successful at cleaning some water. Whatever. At any rate, <laughs> Avatar was the complete opposite of that. And I don't know how... Any other game could have so seamlessly <laughs> uh, engaged all of us uh, so quickly with the GM that we had. It was so cinematic, and uh, you really felt like you were a character with um, that whole crew in the in the TV series. It, it was, was like beautiful. you were watching an episode. Oh, like you could in your there head. There were so many yeah. moments that I closed my eyes, and between the the dialogue, the voices that our GM did, his hand it motions. was so. Yeah, Good. it really. I mean, I, it was one of the the most fun role playing experiences I've had outside of Warhammer. Like we got lucky to have him, and he got lucky to have us. It was just such an enjoyable experience. Yeah, like a cohesive yeah, was, group yeah. that worked off of each other yeah. and knew each other. It was and, just the five of us, and then our GM. It yeah. was such a blast, and, and it really allowed me personally to step out of the uh, kind of 
character type that I'm used to. I generally play this like somewhat peaceful, uh, hold everybody back from setting the world ablaze person and or elf, <laughs> whatever. And in this one, I got to play a firebender and there You're was this girl threatening people. my crew. And I was mm-hmm. like, uh-uh, I'm not standing for that. Let's go one-on-one. It was a blast. She was a wild card. <laughs> it was... <laughs> Slinging fire. Very much a wild card moment. Uh, I absolutely will be tracking down that RPG and finding people to play it with. I had so much fun. I cannot wait to force Lance to GM that for us so that we can... Enjoy letting Lance be I, I a kind GM. I don't for know once. that I could do it as well as Ross. <laughs> no, it, I don't know if there's enough goodness in my soul. Could do like, it as well as Ross. Yeah, like, Ross. That was such a standout experience. So well. He clearly loved the world that we were all engaged in. And so that made it really he, special. He's where in Minnesota, right? Or, yeah, I, yeah mean, I think so. Hey, let's be in the middle. Let's be in the middle yeah. of Lake Michigan. We'll figure it out. So I think one of the things that really stood out about the differences between Avatar and Warhammer, not to like ruin anything, but there was a scene where he described like uh, somebody in a back alley who was acting really shady, had a shady name, who was like flipping a knife around in his hand. I assessed, my character assessed them as the biggest threat in this yes. market And all of us area. were like, okay, we surround this we're guy. We're going to kill him. We kill him because he's clearly <laughs> the bad guy. And... That was not the case. And let's just say, if we'd have murdered this person, I probably would have walked away from the table in shame because <laughs> clearly was not the idea. And it just, it's so... We, it, it, our brains have been programmed. Yeah. If you see a knife, kill. Uh, yeah, dark alley, avoid. Alley. Yeah. And and that's not that's not what this was in, in this. Yeah, it was... We're, we're so trained that yes. I did an assessment test on the tea that an old lady gave us. Yeah. <laughs> like this nice old lady. Wasn't poisoned. And the GM is like, yeah, there's jasmine and mm, ginger. Jasmine. Like, I don't, what are you, yeah. what are and you looking for? a little bit of honey. I'm like, all right. Like love for your, love. Oh, just yeah. sent him with extra satchels of tea so that he could have it for his tummy on the way. Oh, it was precious. Everything about it was beautiful. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I also got to pick up the core rule book for Dr. Who, yep. uh, mm-hmm. second edition, and I'm beyond stoked to take something that I absolutely love, um, a world I'm very familiar with, and share that with all of my friends here. So I look forward to someday GMing that uh, horribly. I'm sure I will not be up to <laughs> Ross's or Lance's standard, but I'm very excited to give that a whirl. What about you, Lance? Okay. What, what's this is so this is your third I mean th- for three of us it was our third Gen Con. Yeah, so your third Gen Con, first one in a couple of years, what'd you think? I I loved it. There was a point where I was walking down and I said, I wish every weekend was Gen Con and like some random lady walking by was like, Hell yeah. <laughs> so like it just it just was it was awesome. Um I would have to say there was kind of two moments. It doesn't matter how often like getting to meet the creators of we put a lot doing this podcast. We put a lot of time and effort. We don't just love this product, right? Um, we also look at it and dig into it, and sometimes rip it apart when and, we don't like something. And even it. if we didn't have the podcast, we we love it anyway, right? And so, so like when we get to go like once a year, and it's been a few years now, but to go like meet the people actually working on it and just kind of get to 
geek out with them about it, it's a huge positive for me. I, I love that. And, and you know, this time I got to meet Emmett in person. I've, I've talked to him very little bit. Emmett was really cool. Emmett's so my guy. cool. Yeah. He, um, and he had, he had a ton of knowledge. And then Dave, we've had Dave on the show, but Dave I've never Allen. met Dave, Dave Allen before. And man, so he was just giving us some cool information. We'll actually get into some of that in a little bit, but just like some really nifty information. And um, yes. he's, he's just oh, and t- following dude. us everywhere oh, out into it. the yeah. out into the the food truck assembly yeah. line. And uh, Jan and I were waiting for a, to get burgers and a food truck outside, which is another really yeah really great like fun aspect of Gen Con. Is there's this huge block party outside where there's just it, food it takes over everywhere. the downtown whole downtown yeah. area. So we're waiting in line to get get burgers, and I like look over, and there's this this man like a solid like fifteen twenty yards away, just staring at me in this like big hat, and I was like, Whoa. oh, it's TS. I wave at him. Hey. Hey, Jana, look, it's TS. He waves, smiles, and waves. That's right. He was so standing jovial. Yeah. Like you see oh. him, and even with a mask on, you can tell that man's excited to talk to you about Warhammer He's or whatever. To talk about anything. Really. I yeah. love yeah. him. Oh, it was so fun. so our experience, Kyle, go yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was, uh, yeah, right after, maybe five minutes after that, he must not have found a burger he liked at the food truck. So he comes in, and uh, Steve and I are standing in one line. Lance is standing in a line to our right. And I look over, and I had seen T.S. earlier that day, but he was wearing a mask and no awesome Crocodile Hunter hat. And, he's like Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, and, <laughs> and so he, now he's wearing a hat, you know, and no mask. And I see him, and I'm like, is that T.S.? Yeah, Lance. <laughs> it was. We could have stood there. I, I, he, I don't think Lance would have ever noticed. Yeah, and it was just him. He was doing the same thing to Lance, staring daggers in the back of his head. And Lance, Lance <laughs> we, rolled we a hundred on the perception test. <laughs> yeah, did not pick it up. Uh, that was a critical fail. He would have been part. dead a hundred times. I, I rolled a ninety-nine <laughs> on that one. So, no, TS TS is awesome though. I I could probably talk to TS about Warhammer forever and Dave too. Dave knows so much. TS yeah, knows so much. Yeah. Those guys have worked on so much. Of course, TS is working on a big new project, but in my, but probably more than that. And this is probably, I've got to talk to a lot of these guys before at cubicle seven, but connecting with the Lord of the Underdeep. Uh, I mean, you guys have heard him and we've seen him like on camera, but it's different when you get to connect in person with someone. And he tells you that your character is his absolute favorite. <laughs> but why was it his why was it his favorite, Janet? Because I'm the coolest. No, I'm sure he referenced Blood Canum. Oh, fine. <laughs> Maybe because I make things worse sometimes. <laughs> yeah, before we move on to the stuff too, I want to mention obviously we met up with uh Dominic McDowell again. And that was pretty yes. awesome. This is your guys' first time. Yes. Yes. Dom was awesome. And for it's... my first time, too, was Russell, also Moo known as Moo Man. Yeah. The guy that did all the foundry stuff. I th- and I think my, my main thing with Dom is that you, you can tell the love that he has for the game and just, you know, like him being a player himself. Like, you know, like that that is so awesome that, you know, everybody is invested in this game, not from just a this is my job. I have to do this, but you know you yeah. can tell that they love what they do, and they, I mean, it, it comes through the pages. One of the other things that I just I just find very fascinating was that what we cover is just a, a little slice, literally, of what Cubicle Seven does. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we're about to talk about the um, news event that they did where they talked about new products, but the what the vast amount of knowledge that they all have about. Warhammer, they know that much about 
all the other products that they have. They've forgotten more about Warhammer than I will probably ever know. Yeah. <laughs> Everything that we cover on this podcast mainly was 10 minutes of an hour-long Q&A presentation. Yeah. So, yeah, Lance, Lance, break it down. Okay, so those, those were my moments. Excellent. Let's talk some Cubicle 7 news. So it was Saturday at 4 o'clock was the Cubicle 7 event that we went to. And it was hosted by Dominic McDowell, CEO of Cubicle 7, and Emmett. Emmett. So they told us about a lot of cool stuff coming down the line. So some of the, the non-Woofrup stuff. So uh, there's quite a few things. Obviously, Doctor Who uh, has been around second edition. The core rulebook released. Janet's got a copy now. so I definitely do. I'm also super stoked and excited for uh, the hardcover version of the starter kit which comes with a sick gm screen which i will be snagging day one uh and uh brought back a little bit of uh the doctor and the daleks and that's going to be a three book series in a tardis hardcover sleeve gorgeous that's separate from yeah so we should that is the fifth the D &D fifth edition i forget the exact name it's like the licensed yeah, five E, five E vault, vault. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. Yep. so yeah, but Which that's are, Doctor yeah, other... and Daleks, and I know that's a Daleks. Daleks. That's a combat system, whereas like the Doctor Who is more, you know, strategy and tactics and you know things. So it's they're they have yeah. something for everybody as yeah. as per usual with these guys. We they, they got to show they so they had a TV that was connected to Emmett's laptop, and he was going through all these different slides. We got to see the starter set components for uh, Doctor Who, and man, they look fantastic. The dice, very, every component. Very similar to what we've seen in the other Cubicle 7 starter sets, gatefold, uh, player sheets, and pre-gen characters, components, all of it. So and so, Cubicle 7 is doing several 5th edition, uh, so D&D 5e ports, uh, if you will, on a few, and so they went over one. One that was interesting is they're doing Uncharted Journeys, which uh, they've apparently had a lot of requests for, like, the One Ring Journey rules that used to be an AIM, uh, which was uh, Adventures in Middle-Earth, when they had the Lord of the Rings license. And so they have since uh, put this into, like, a 5e general sense, how to use it, so these these journey rules and stuff. It's called Uncharted Journeys. Um, they had some cool artwork and stuff in Absolutely. there. Absolutely. I remember we played the first year we went to Gen Con. We played in a game of the One Ring, and right. it was that is such a cool system. And yeah. the, the I don't think we really got a chance to experience it too much in the one shot that we played. But afterwards, you and I talked. You you were talking to us about it, and it just that was one of the coolest parts of that system. Oh, my so the favorite fact that part! They're, they're bringing that it uh, and and putting it in a format where you can use it in multiple different um, settings is really cool. And that'll be launching on Kickstarter, so yeah. that's something right. to look forward to yep. as well. Being involved in getting to see the different stretch goals that they'll yeah. offer. And that's, they that's, did spe- specifically say that they they deck intended it out. to have yeah deck it out. That there was going to have all sorts of stretch goals for it. So and they, they said that's coming soon, soon. Yeah, within soon the next Kickstarter. few months. Yeah. Yep. So another five E setup they're doing is for Victoriana. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So before we jump in, I did want to say Victoriana is going to start in five E, but eventually they'll have their own proprietary system 
as well. Similar to Doctor Who, similar to how the One Ring and Adventures in Middle Earth used to be, um, which I think is a really good idea because they can do a little bit more with a, their own proprietary system. But the 5e allows the people that don't necessarily want to learn a whole new way of doing things to also play. Which I think is a great yeah. you know, way to get people involved. And I mean, I, I think this might have been the biggest non wolf rip thing that caught my eye during this whole presentation is that every the artwork the setting uh you know the characters that you can have like everything for this game looks absolutely insane and you know i mean it's a steampunk fantasy uh victorian london sort of mystery yeah with with like dwarves and elves and, and orcs, yeah. but yeah, and it's it's not like a father orc gives birth to a son orc. It's the magic and the blood is through everyone. So you can be an elf and have the magic of the blood, uh, you know, from you to your that your like child a, a is human, now a, but like a branch of yes, humanity. Yeah, again. and and those all of the different species are based on the typical fantasy, you know, species that you would know. But, yeah, you may look completely different than your father, but it looked terrific. So, and, and Janet, I know at the booth, you talked to, like, the main producer, or yeah, the line producer Ethan, for that? Ethan yeah. uh, is super geeked about it, and when he gets excited about it, you can't help but also grow that excitement. <laughs> I went to him to see how easy it's going to be for somebody who's into Wolfrup and maybe isn't as familiar with the 5e system to jump on board with this. And he explained, you know, just simple 5e rules and apply it to that core rule book and you'll be off and running. And uh, I just have to say the, he was taking so much pride in the artwork that we've already gotten a glimpse of. And I didn't catch the artist's name. I'm so sorry. I will find it and put it in the social medias, but uh, just the rough sketches of these characters. We had like, Automatons and oh, this yeah. unicorn oh, in a was zoo. It, unicorn was in, it? Yeah, it, Amy. It was, uh, it was. I don't know. Okay. I'm gonna find it. <sighs> yeah. It was gorgeous. Like I would take every bit of this book, shred it, and hang it up on my wall and even because shred it. like okay, <laughs> take off the, the spine, <laughs> whatever. Even even like the it's nobles so set the book like on the fire. detail, like the nobles, you know, walking, you know, in the zoo had. Had an you know uh, a, a robot, robot arm, arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know and it's like everything every little detail was was drawn out and you know oh, they're gonna put the rough sketches in the back of the book just because Emmett was saying like we can't we can't not show how awesome these are and, and it's it's it's, so, it's like a world that I don't think has been explored in this way which is which is extremely fascinating. I did want to say one other thing that I thought I was really happy to hear. Um, they have a some sort of parcel life path character oh. generation for this yes. system. Yes. Yep. And I'm a huge fan of life path generation. Yes. So. I think that's something very unique from other RPGs. You know, yeah. where you don't get your stats and everything to start your your traits. It's you almost have to earn it as you, you don't go. Just, you don't just pick it. Yes. Yeah. It's based yeah. on it's, it's organic. To you. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely spectacular. I have every hope that we will be getting a copy of that and knocking it out at some point because I want to live in that world. It looked so cool. Yeah. So speaking of cool artwork and a world that I probably don't want to live in <laughs> called Broken Weave. Now, this no, is thanks. 
proprietary. Bespoke. (laughs) Bespoke. But it's a a proprietary. So this is a Cubicle 7, their own creation. It's it's, uh, the last of the 5E port game things. Vault 5E. Vault 5E that we're going to talk about. But it's their own thing. And it's a... The gods created, used magic to create the world. And now the gods are dead, and magic is no more. It's so, shattered. So what happens? The yeah, the, the earth just crumbles, and it's you know uh, the so, artwork. I'll there was one particular art piece that blew me away. It was Antler City, yeah, where oh, yeah. the the earth god was a stag that had just fallen over and died, and his antlers were large enough to uh, build a whole. City upon mm-hmm. and it's like it branching out from the side of this mountain, oh. so just a and like houses hanging from it. Yeah, like, now don't get me wrong; the world looks terrifying. Yeah. It's so scary. There, yeah. there was one. There piece were monsters of, that were like, oh my, their eyeball, a hundred eyeballs. Eye. Yeah. There was one that, and oh. that was like, wow, this piece of art is great. Don't ever draw it again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it was a Sam Manley piece. I remember yeah. that because yes. it was Sam Manley, and it was some yes. sort of weird. He he brought it up. He's like, I have no idea what this is. Yeah. <laughs> we just, we heard a lot of familiar names throughout the whole presentation. Yeah, JG, JG, Donahue, Manley. The landscapes from JG. JG. I want to live in those spaces, but in. A safety net where no one yeah. can touch me. Like so, uh, we've oh, had Sam yeah. on the show, and he's a great guy, and his yeah. artwork just. Uh, and this is one of I, you guys are probably tired of hearing us say this. Cubicle Seven does a good job <laughs> getting their art. Yeah, no, and we've I'll never you, said we're, that. We're talking about Broken Weave. The majority of what we got from it was artwork and descriptions of the artwork yep. as we were watching. Yeah, and it seems we like can't. A horror... We are not but doing it he justice it by a any means. Tragic yeah. fantasy. Yeah, yeah, and. What a fun, um, just descriptor right there. I really yeah, loved yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I, it looked I, really cool. I probably won't be playing it because I get nightmares easily. But yep. Yeah, there was one. Says that, the yeah, guy like, who tries to. Mm, yeah, all right. that's true. I do play Warhammer, so I don't know that I could really stand on that. Could I? Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's yeah. almost. Yeah. So. It's sadder. It seems sadder. It right. had like a like a Lovecraftian feel to it. Yeah, these it creatures that were like not just yeah. Anyways, it it, it looked. Fantastic. Oh, crystallized graveyards, guys. Oh, sorry. I could go on all day. Let's uh, let's hit some of the last things. Wrath and Glory. We all know that the starter set was coming out. We got to see some uh, uh, updated uh, information on the starter set, just like talking about what's going to be in there, some of the artwork. I don't think any of that's really new, but it was nice to see it again, yep. um, and they talked about it. Threat Assessment Xenos. They did tell us there were going to be several threat assessment books uh, threat in se- assessment imperials and threat threat assessment. I can't say the words, <laughs> but like chaos and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then there's just more more stuff on the Gilead system. But the one I think I was really excited about it was a it's a Space Marine chapter, and I didn't write down the name for reasons I don't know. There's a Space Marine chapter that's in the Gilead system. And they're getting a source book. I can't remember oh, it. Oh, yeah. He mentioned they're white and red colors. They, yeah. They've been featured through the artwork through, throughout with Wrath yeah, and Glory. Yeah, he mentioned a lot of like different, like they're going to expand upon that a yeah. lot. Yeah, so that book is, looks really cool. A lot of the artwork looks really cool. Um, but and, and it's driving me nuts that I can't remember the name of the chapter. I didn't write it down, but um, that was really cool. But you brought up Imperial Maledictum. Mm-hmm. So this is... The spiritual successor of Dark Heresy. This is a separate 
this was a big announcement that came yesterday. This is a separate uh, game from Wrath and Glory. It's more meant to be uh, like if you ex- the high adventure and action yep. is your your Wrath and Glory. This is about the intrigue and investigation, the, the mystery. Yeah, mystery you're, you're not playing a space marine. You're playing like a a, a private eye, like rogue, yeah. rogue trader. Yeah, and yeah, yep. So it really so TS is doing a lot on this. I I didn't I wanted to talk to him more about it. He told me a little bit about it in line at lunch when he surprised me when he was behind me and we talked a little bit about it. Um, but I only got because I really this kind of setting setting to play in. I, I really would love to do personally like something with the Adeptus Mechanicus, like mm-hmm. because it is like. You know, it's kind of the machines that keep mankind going, but you always feel like there's some dark secret there. And I feel mm-hmm. like that would be really cool to uh, dig into. So before we move on, I do want to make sure that that uh, we say this, because this was something that I was kind of concerned about. The fact that we already have Wrath and Glory and now we're getting a second system. Dominic McDowell made it extremely clear that Wrath and Glory has a long life still. Yes. That they are not done with that product line by any means. That they're they're going to be running both separately yeah. with content. So yeah, if that was not, a concern they're not pivoting you had, and you know trashing yeah. one idea. It's this is just a bonus, correct? Yeah. And that's an echo for the other game systems that they have the five E and the the main system. So like for example, Doctor Who. Yep. They are both going to be supported and they should help feed each other and not take away. Absolutely. They even commented that they would be doing what they could for crossover information. So that's something to look forward to as well. Awesome. All right. So let's dig into last but not least. Not least at all. Woofrup. Um so first up on the list. I think I think Nolan would would uh, shame us if we didn't say anything about Soulbound. Yeah. No. no. Who cares about those heroes? Nobody cares about they, Soulbound. I wrote nothing down about Soulbound. There's a wow. Oh. Uh, <laughs> they did announce some new books, chaos-related books for Soulbound. Yes. That looked awesome. The art, again, looked absolutely awesome. That was, Order that was, characters that looked yep. sweet. Yep. So the new adventure has some cornate uh, influence, some items in there. He was. I know Nolan was super excited about that. Um, but the I think appara- I, he was sitting behind me. I heard him squeal twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, when yeah, they, the chaos book. Yeah, the I chaos thought he was book. Gonna levitate. So yeah, he was very and, and Emmett was up there. Like you guys kept asking for it, so I guess we'll give it to you. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it's in very early stages. Yes. The chaos book. So don't expect that any time in the next little bit. But yeah. um, it's definitely in development, and they've heard our pleas, not ours, but Nolan's. I Somebody's. Guess. Yeah. So. <laughs> Somebody's playing. To be clear, we don't dislike <laughs> Age of Sigmar. We, we just, played it. We all loved it. Yeah, yeah we it all loved it. Time. So yeah, yeah. Uh, they got they got plenty of, of new that. characters coming out, and you'll see it. Yeah, but, yeah. We've all been waiting long enough to talk about what we're here to talk about. Yeah. Let's so let's talk, talk about specifically the next release that everybody's expecting. It's not a surprise. It's Sea of Claws. Oh. Man, we got to see some cool artwork today. Our, we were so for the listeners. We all sat in a row um, and. Just when Emmett hit uh, hit the space bar and the the it popped up on the screen, the we cover. all went. Yeah, the cover went popped up on the screen. We all went, oh, yeah, big oh. sea monster twice three like giant, I don't know a hundred times bigger, eight yeah. times the size of of the, the huge boat yeah. ship on the cover. Yes, it it looks great. 
So a few things. Some of this stuff isn't going to be news, but uh, in case you haven't already heard, uh, I think one of the biggest things they talked about was comprehensive. They, they made it very clear that this wasn't just a few rules or just a page of rules. Some major rules for shipbuilding. Yeah. Yep. So just journey. Just even like taking a step back. So Sea of Claws is the next source book coming on PDF, and it is all about warhammer on the high seas yep not just river travel not just you mm-hmm. know trading boats we're talking pirates we're talking huge clipper ships like maybe and don't get a drunk captain guys just throwing this hint out there <laughs> yeah you definitely i mean if that cover was any indication like man i we die fast enough on land yes <laughs> <laughs> yep. the thing is like on land if there's a dragon that is you know 500 feet tall, you, you run will away. see it coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that same 500-foot dragon could be right below you in the vast oceans, and you'd have no idea. Yeah. So plenty deadly, no doubt. But yes, they had... World serpent-type dr- sea monster coming out from yeah. under you. Yeah, they talked about... He, Emmett said that this had just a huge amount of ship customization and yeah. shipbuilding, which... How many in, guns in do you want? Now, what kind of... Yeah, how many cannons? Yeah. What, yeah. One of the things I remember when the Death on the Right Companion came out, we were all kind of disappointed that there wasn't, there was barely anything in there about like different ships that you could buy. That it was like a couple pages. Well, now and we now know it why. makes more sense that we were going to have that with different types of ships, different ways of customizing. Hey, did we mention like and, it's customized down to like the number of cannons on the ship? Yeah, yeah. And, cannons and, and types of materials and and the customization for the ships is not the only thing. No, no, not at all. How about uh, we know there's a bunch of new careers coming through because we know there's shantymen. Yeah, shantymen. Yep. Um, it's it's not just careers; it is a whole new class. Class, yes, right? Which exactly. Means multiple careers yeah. that are part of this class. A, and, a couple we got to see, and knowing knowing what they've released recently. With, you know, up in arms that had, what, 16 plus? Yeah. Yep. You know, like, I, I would be surprised if it didn't have at least a dozen, knowing, well, knowing well, these All guys. the rest of the know. careers had eight. Yeah, so I would say, I would expect eight. And yeah. they did specifically say that they've updated the general seaman. Yeah. Um, so it, it should have, like, a slightly modified or updated, like, layout, I guess. Speaking rules. of getting giddy, what... Uh, what made you uh, so happy there, Lance? What uh, what did you lose your marbles about? Oh, well, um, there's uh, something in there about a Norse dwarf. Well, so and the artwork was that. insane. Yeah, it yeah. was really cool. Um, but there's also Priest of Manon, which I think most of us expected. Yep. Yeah. But what we didn't expect, and I saw Steve's eyes glisten a little bit at this, was a Stormfell's priest. So the guy, Steve's looking at me like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, so Stormfell is like, you know, the god of Actually, us. the one that got me where I was like, what? Was a Norse uh, dwarf. Norse, yeah. 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 So, yeah, we saw Chantyman, yep. print, uh, Priest of Manan, and then Stormfell's priest. And then the, the Norse dwarf as well. And, and I talked to Dave um, after, too, to just ask a few questions. So there's definitely going to be information about travel. Um, travel on the high seas. He actually told me that there's like potentially three different types of travel depending on how you want to do it. And there's definitely some options for 
like uh, not options, but information like on how to run adventures on the high seas. Oh and yeah, things like that. So um, the the travel stuff that he was describing to me is really cool. Um, it just is kind of based on like how detailed do you want to get? Like, do you want just some endeavors, or do you just want a quick? This is A to B. Roll up a thing, or do you want to go like in depth? Because oh, how I, many blessings well, did you get? I'm surprised depth? you were worried about that, Lance. You should know they would never give you. They would never not give you plenty of ways to screw with us yeah, as well, a GM. The Death on the Right Companion had charts that were like, roll for the, the directional heading. Roll for, oh. you know, use a chart that shows your weight and wind speed, and that'll determine. And that was and like, I don't want to graze over what Emmett said about how many times have you sacrificed something to Manon because how, how you travel will you know that'll affect where you roll on this chart and your outcomes will be much more favorable if mm-hmm. Banan has blessed you. And I, Dave, Dave told me this chart goes up to 150. There are oh, modifiers. Oh my god. And he said that even how you treat the the ship's cat, which is apparently all ships have to have oh. a cat, like affects that roll. Janet's done. She's done with our current campaign <laughs> as of I, now. <laughs> ship's cat, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I think consistently some of my favorite character art in all of Wolfrop are the priests. And yep. the, yeah. the artwork for the priest of Manon was absolutely fantastic. I thought Stormfell's priest was like yeah. beefy. They but they're What was the was that a human? I think so. It it almost didn't look human. I wasn't he, entirely sure. Yeah, he definitely had some like he had some beard. ghostly like yeah. like something with his ogre-y, face. But it wasn't I don't know. I, I mean, it was. He, it looked great, though. He serves the god of pirates and wreckers, yeah, so right. so it could be an ogre for all we know. Yeah. <laughs> so that's basically what we got on Sea of Claws. All right. So the next one that we know is coming out, I probably you probably already saw it online, but just in case, Lustria. Yep. We're getting Lustria. We're getting it soonish, um, and the cover art oh. was amazing. Uh, there's a skink in the corner that they oh. pointed out that like, it, up it, in a tree. That was yeah. another JG piece, or was that Sam? I don't remember. I don't a, recall I don't, if they mentioned that one. And I, if yeah. they did, I missed it. Whoever, whoever the fantastic did. artist was, they yeah. said, "They've earned this. Draw me a character, like you know, a person who had been stealing from the lizard people, and now they don't like that. And it was a." <laughs> terrified looking human yep. in the Stumbling middle of a swamp, a swamp with a, an eye patch on and his face was it was pure terror and, and we you can could all agree sneak out little character you know lizard people here and there with yeah. swords made of teeth and oh and that yeah. that uh, that poor thief right that there was soul. moments from death yes. yeah, in absolutely. a gruesome gruesome way yeah so, uh, so th- this will be a location based source book yep one that we, uh, if it's in line, if it's if you know we assume it's going to be similar to some of the location ones we've had in the past, that's a great thing. Yep. So more information coming on that book. We asked some additional questions. Um, there's definitely going to be stuff in there on the Vampire Coast, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which on Lustria mixed jungles, pirates, undead. Like oh. I can't think of a more crazy, uh, awesome thing to to play a game in. Um, there's going to be information on like the different cities, including a human city, including uh, like in Lustria, including like the uh, like a, a temple guard or a temple guard. I'm sorry, but a lizardman city, like a temple city, and then like a taken, a skaven taken over, 
Lizardman City. Yeah. So I think there's there's going to be a lot of cool information, a lot of different stuff in there. And real, real quick, yeah. you mentioned City. One thing we we missed in talking about Sea of Claws. Oh yeah, yeah. They did specify that we're going to get uh, a chapter in that book on Marienburg. That it, it's yes, not going to be smaller. Yes, it's not. Yeah, yeah. I I in my head, I'm thinking of it as more of like uh, kind of like what we got in the. Uh, the stutter set, like a guide to Uber's Reich. So I talked to Dave about this, okay. and I think it's more of a five-pager kind of ah, setup. Okay. Yeah, and um, so because I was asking him, because Marienburg, we had a whole book in first edition on Marienburg, and like, and they said they weren't trying to replace that with this. That's right. And I so think I think Dom I, might have even mentioned. No, that Dom. He, I think Dom did mention. And there yeah. were multiple other, like yeah. little. You know, like I think there were two, maybe city, two, like maybe a, more a city of the Bjorning, Bjornings or whatever. Yeah, Bjorn yeah. something, Bjorn Town settlement yeah. or something. So there's there's settlements. So the Sea Clause talks about certain settlements yep. and gives like, like a few pages and enough uh, to get the GM's juices flowing. Yeah. And it's more to talk about things like dry docks and yep. and stuff like this. So it's it's useful to you in a ship sense, but it's not going to be a source book for reliable adventuring in those locations. I don't think from a Certainly not from, like, a whole book dedicated to it since. But, yeah. but it, I mean, to be fair, if you need information on Marienburg, that first edition thing is available on PDF. It's cheap, and it's uh, very thorough. So, But Lustria, I don't think there was anything else I on Lustria. Did anyone remember? They didn't go it's, much seemed into like it. It was just yeah, a teaser. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, so. Very early. The only other thing is Dom started listing off, like, stuff like, oh, this is in the works, and... The, he basically stopped and said, "This list is so incredibly long." Yeah, and um, so that makes me excited. Which, at the pace they're going, mm-hmm. is like honestly he, rather overwhelming. Like uh, we, uh, he mentioned yes. at the very beginning, which I was super excited about the incredible growth that Cubicle yes. Seven has seen over the years, um, and just very recently they've added five people already, and they've got two more people coming on board so yeah, that they can continue. Providing us with, you know, incredible material yeah. and new sources. Yeah, not stopping anytime joy soon. Joy and entertainment. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Over, so, over 30 employees now. So yeah. very cool. So Dom, Dom mentioned specifically again, and we've heard this at the very, very beginning before we even had the core book, that he wants to go Ulth one. And he mentioned also that he would love to do some sort of Dark Elf campaign. Now, oh, Yes. He also mentioned several other things like, you know, source books that are kind of like not necessarily racial specific, but certainly things on the elves, things on the dwarves and stuff like that. And there's a whole long list. I want to be really clear here. None of this is promised. None of this had a date attached to it. So don't go say, oh, that's all the ones. I'm pretty sure he said things could go on for 20 years. So if you're, oh, I'm holding off to make a new character until the dwarf book comes out. I mean, (laughs) I wouldn't because you'll probably make 15 characters in that time. Yeah. At least. So long story short, new stuff coming. Though I did, man, I don't even know if I want to say this out loud. I definitely got the sense that Alt One is sooner rather than later. So just because of the way the we're going to Lustria, and then it sounds like Alt One, maybe next, maybe not. I don't know, but I got a sense that it's it's definitely not f- super far down the docket. I don't think. Yeah. So. I guys, did we catch anything else? I mean, I, I'm going through all my notes here. I think I covered everything. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Meeting Nolan, getting the opportunity to play a game all together and have none of us be stuck as the GM was a delight. 
um, just getting to walk around and enjoy jokes with one another. And, you know, at one point during the Avatar game, uh, Ross was like, hey, we need to stop bagging on Lance. And I was like, (laughs) ah, no, he has this coming. He's got years and years to make up for. We literally said, no, he's our GM. And Ross was like, oh, Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) So so there's this, I mean, it's not even a rolling joke anymore. It's it's factual at this point that every campaign that Lance is not the GM, he's robbed within the first (laughs) 10 minutes of play. I get pickpocketed like... Right away. I have robbed him in game before. <laughs> I robbed him in real life. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> but, and uh, and this, this person who we've never met before, GMing a game we've never played before within the first five minutes, is robbed. And it's funny because Lance, you know, was... Uh, you know, he was a he was a man. I was of, like a noble. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, noble. And he's like, oh, these commoners. And then he didn't realize he was <laughs> robbed until like an hour into the session. And he's like, wait, I have no money. Yeah, it ended up being really, really funny. A little piece of advice: sometimes, especially in a one shot, just embrace it, man. Yes, yeah. and you'll end up having more fun than yeah. if you try to fight what the situation deals you. Exactly. So turtle duck biscuits. Yeah. Yeah. If there's anything I just you know will take away from this is the time spent hanging out and playing games, getting together away from your phones and um, kind of the stress of (laughs) overwhelming responsibility of life sometimes to sit back and enjoy good conversation and good people. I was going to say it's it's the little things, but nothing about this convention or anything else is very small. So meeting Nolan and Joff and (laughs) cubicle seven and the foundry guy and, Oh, just everything. Incredible. Don't forget, as always, check out our all of our social medias. On We, we posted pictures on Twitter all weekend at Old World Podcast. Our website, oldworldpodcast.com, facebook.com slash oldworldpodcast. Don't forget, we have a Patreon. We've got our Zazzle store with new products going up all the time. Rate us. Check us out. Come say hi. If you were at Gen Con and you had a great time, Send us a tweet. Tell us what you like most, what you're most excited about, and because we'd love to hear it. We want to communicate and get involved in this community and just spread the love. To all the old worlders, this is Lance saying, make sure you wear good tennis shoes when you come to Gen Con. This is Matt saying, I set a world record this weekend. I'm pretty sure for sweatiest man alive. <laughs> and I hold that title with a great deal of honor. I think I hold the best title, best speedwalker. If you, if you see me, yes, it's, it looks great. But uh, overall, here uh, Gen Con 2022 was it was a blast. Um, yeah. Definitely will come back again and again and again as long as you keep up this excitement and spirit. For sure. This is Kyle saying, uh, make sure if you're by a special Gen Con bundle, it's actually a Gen Con bundle. Last <laughs> <laughs> words. And. Uh, Come with us next year. Tell us what you want us to do while we're here. And I would love to meet you guys and uh, expand our community. Absolutely. This is Janet. I forgot that part. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, we have much sleeping to do. So, sign up. This podcast and related website are completely unofficial and are not endorsed by Games Workshop Limited or Cubicle 7 Entertainment. It is intended for educational and informational purposes only. GW Games Workshop, Warhammer, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, and all associated logos, illustrations, images, names, creatures, races, vehicles, locations, weapons, characters, and the distinctive likenesses thereof 
are registered trademarks of Games Workshop Limited, Cubicle 7 Entertainment, or their respective trademark or copyright holders. All original content of this podcast, including any audio or video information, is the intellectual property of the Old World Podcast and Crimson Tower Studios, LLC. 